Welcome to The $100 Heiress, the only podcast that shares with you the raw and uncut journey of what it really takes to go from rags to riches. Prepare to learn how to transform your dream into your reality through hard work and tips that you won't receive anywhere else. So let's get into today's show. He was a husband, a son, a preacher, but yet practiced black magic, an entrepreneur, millionaire, adulterer, felon, drug trafficker, and suspected murderer, whom to present day is the connecting piece to the disappearance of three unsolved missing women cases in Florida. He was also my father. Hello, my ears. How are y'all doing? I hope you had a fabulous, prosperous week last week and weekend. Hope you are still focused on those dreams. I hope you're putting action to those dreams like we are doing here on $100 Eris. So are you ready for some more of my mom's memoirs, The Artificial Tree? Do you have your coffee ready, your glass of wine, or maybe you're just coming home from work and you want to hear a little bit of some mystery? Well, here we go. Let's get started. An abandoned 1970 Oldsmobile Cutlass was found in St. Petersburg, Florida. The missing woman, whom my father had an affair with, left $8,000 in her checking account. Let's pause there for a moment. In 1974, $8,000 in one account for a black family was pretty darn good. Heck, in 2019 is pretty darn good. But back to my point. I asked my mom, who was this woman? She said that the woman was married to a well-known and respected businessman in the community. That the woman would dress in beautiful clothing and jewelry and always presented herself very well. Now, remember in 1974, my father hadn't achieved wealth yet. He was a family man of two kids just getting started in business and was preaching in local churches. This was 1974. So a married woman with kids sleeping around was not so common. How did my father draw her in? Why was this woman willing to risk her nice, cushy life to have an affair with Cleveland Hill Jr. This first disappearance has me more baffled than the other two. As I get more into my mother's memoirs, you will understand why. But in my opinion, I don't believe 
my father had anything to do with his first missing persons vanishing. Not this first one. So I asked my mom, did any authorities, like detectives, come to our home for questioning? And she said no. However, the missing lady's husband did take a polygraph, but passed. But I have this theory about polygraphs. I believe if you are a habitual liar, you're very good at lying, you believe your lies, you can pass a polygraph. My dad passed them all the time. But anyway, her husband passed the polygraph and was no longer a suspect. My father at that time was never a suspect. The husband told authorities that his wife said Cleveland threatened to kill her if she left him. So let me get this straight, Mom. A man finds out his wife is having an affair with a person he knows very well, a preacher in their church, someone in their community. His wife is in fear for her life, so he says. But the husband doesn't do anything about it. Not even come to you. My mom looks up at me from her crossword puzzle and shrugs her shoulders. I think my mom may be regretting agreeing to digging up the past about right now. But let me ask you all listening. What's your opinion from the details I have given? about this disappearance. Did this lady just run away from her life alone? Do you think her husband has something to do with it? Or do you think my father somehow was involved? Leave me a message on a recording. I'm just curious. life continue uninterrupted after this first disappearance and affair. My younger brother was born in 1975. So one year after this disappearance, my mom gave birth to her third and final child. However, neighborhood gossip began to seep into my upbringing as the years passed when I entered elementary school. Children were beginning to approach me and discuss my father, which didn't go over well with him once I bought the rumors home to discuss with my mother. He was now coming into wealth from his construction company, Pinellas Paving, and a second company titled, get this, black magic which he had engraved on the back of his truck Cleveland Hill Jr. had become someone to fear in the streets of Largo, Florida and in the business world he was dominating the construction and paving field in the 1980s my father built our house in the heart of Largo, Florida which I considered a ghetto at that time. 
but it was a beautiful house with a pool, jacuzzi, seven-car garage, basketball court, all confined within eight-feet concrete walls in a steel front electrical gates with CH, his initials, proudly displayed for the world to acknowledge who lived there. These are the years I remember. Oddly, I don't recall much of my life under the age of nine. It's like I didn't start living till I was nine once we moved from Clearwater, Florida to Largo, Florida in that huge house that my dad ironically built right next to my grandmother, my mom's mom, who he tried to kill. It's when my older brother left home at 16 because the intense relationship between him and my father was too much to bear. It's when my father yanked my younger brother and I out of public school and placed us in private institutions for years. It's the years I remember when my dad worked on holidays. He didn't come home for dinner with us and he didn't attend school functions. Yet he gave us anything we wanted. Never raised his voice in our presence and tried with all his power to shelter us from the world that would soon come for him. Largo, Florida is where my family would encounter things you see in the movies. Yes, I remember from the age of nine. I even remember the next disappearance. I actually saw this woman face to face.